Welcome to Women in Chemicals, Women of the Week. I'm Amelia. And I'm Kylie, and we're joined today by Jenna Yen, Key Account Manager for the Case Industry at WeGo Chemical. Today's episode is sponsored by corporate sponsor and Jenna and Mai's employer, WeGo Chemical Group. WeGo Chemical Group is a global supplier of specialty chemicals, minerals, and raw materials with sales offices in the Americas, Europe, and the Middle East. WeGo provides global reach in sourcing and supply chain management with a local focus on customer service. Make your procurement and supply chain effortless by utilizing WeGo's proven expertise in sourcing, supply chain management, cost minimization, and risk supply risk mitigation. WeGo, your corporate, your partner in sourcing the corners of the globe. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Jenna. So Jenna, we always like to kick off these types of interviews uh, with our community uh, with an introduction. So tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what your background is, and how you got into your current role with WeGo. Okay. Hi. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm excited uh, to share how a casual six-hour airplane chat changed my career. And hopefully my story will benefit and inspire others uh, listening in. So uh, I'm the key account manager with uh, Case, um, uh, Case Industry with Regal Chemical working remotely in uh, San Diego. Started my career as a mechanical engineer <laughs> uh, in the US for four years. Then I rooted my husband and my daughter to Singapore where I moved to the dark side, meaning from engineering to product management and marketing for eight years with Otis Elevator Company. Uh, some of the elevator buttons that you press in high-rise buildings or mid-rise buildings are actually designed by me. So when oh you press the building, think of me. <laughs> awesome. So next is the interesting story of how I ended up in the chemical industry for 26 years. So after a long business trip in Beijing, I was really tired. And the last thing I wanted to talk was to talk to anyone. But guess what? The plane ran out of newspaper. So the guy sitting next to me uh, had the last one. And I said, could I borrow it, you know, once you're done reading? And he said, sure. Then he started asking me like tons of questions about life, about job, about family. And then after six hours of listening, uh, as we were about to disembark, he gave me a business card and says, you know what, DuPont could use someone like you, call me. So that's how I went into the chemical industry from an elevator industry. Isn't that funny? Um, now, what's more funny is that I ended up working for him. <laughs> After interviewing at Lycra, interviewing, and then I ended up, he had a position he had to fill, and he called me, and I ended up working with him. So he's like one of my best boss to date, um, till now. Um, then having worked with him for about a year, two years, uh, in DuPont, they said that in order for you to move up in the corporation, you need to have plant experience. So they moved me into a large chemical plant, the big acid plant in Singapore. So that was for one year. Um, then I moved back to the US. I was DuPont in a sales role now with two daughters. She went back to Singapore with one daughter, came back with two daughters. <laughs> and uh, after seven years with Nylon, um, 
division, um, they sold it to Cook Industries and uh, renamed it as Invista. So I've been with DuPont, uh, Invista for 14 years with roles in supply chain, marketing, Six Sigma, Black Belt and sales. Um, I then moved to San Diego to join uh, Genomedica, a biotech startup uh, that converts sugar to chemicals uh, and, and joined Vertizign, uh, another biotech startup that converts palm oil to chemical for a total of seven years in the biochemical industry before I joined WeGo. So my tip here is that, you know, seize opportunity to learn new things in life when it's presented to you. So like I've had so many years in traditional chemical processing. So moving to San Diego was difficult for me. I lost nine pounds thinking about the job because I loved my previous job so much. Um, but then I thought, why don't I learn something new? So I learned about biofermentation, new ways of making chemicals. So, um, so that was my move. It sounds like you've got quite a diverse and international experience too, Jenna. And I am so excited to hear about how kind of not straight and narrow your path was into the industry and throughout the industry after you entered. Um, because what that tells me as I'm five years into my career is that there is so much opportunity out there for things that I don't even know could come my way, right? Um, so it's very cool how you happened upon it. And I just, I love to hear these stories every time we have an interview, because I've learned more often than not, actually, that most of our candidates that we interview and learn from stumble into the industry in a very unique way. It is not a straight and narrow path. Um, right. and that's not at all what I would have expected a year ago <laughs> when we started this. Uh -huh. So. Thank you for that. So, Janet, you've told us that you've got such a diverse portfolio of not only companies you've worked for, uh, sounds like you've got APAC experience as well as U.S. experience, um, and then multiple companies, right? So do you have a favorite role uh, or experience that you'd like to share with us since uh, the course of your diverse career? And then tell us about why that would be your favorite or, or what you learned from it. My absolute favorite role is in sales. <laughs> That's having worked in many different positions, like you said. Um, so I was really excited to join WeGo. Uh, so I've been with WeGo for three and a half years and go back to what I love doing, which is sales. I, I guess maybe from an engineering perspective, and I, I just enjoy solving issues like customer problems and supply chain issues and helping them through their product development effort. And, and I get so much uh, fulfillment in, in that role uh, versus other roles um, that is more KPI metric driven um, role, black and white. Um, so this is, this one gives me more flexibility to be uh, more personal and also doing what you're passionate about. So yeah, I went back to sales because I was so passionate <laughs> about what I was doing. I think it's easy to be passionate about something that you enjoy talking about or working to resolve. I think about that with, with my own experiences. I find that I must really like my roles and responsibilities because I also really like telling people about what I do, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so I think that's a really good point. And I think that there 
our skills that are unique to maybe sales roles and responsibilities. And so that kind of leads me to, to the next question we have for you, Jenna. And it's, you know, what skills have you developed throughout your career within the chemical industry? Um, you know, you can focus in on one, you can share with us, you know, multiple that you find value in, um, but how have you, you know, honed in on those skills uh, to, to create all of the success that you've shared with us that you've had so far within the industry? Well, believe it or not, my biggest learning came from the job that I hated the most, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, supply chain at the huge chemical plant. That plant was actually called the beast. It has a bad reputation. It was producing at less than 30% of its design capacity. So uh, some days it's producing 200 tons, some days it produces zero. So as you can imagine, managing the supply chain, both on the producer production side and the supply side was a nightmare because you can't commit to customer's requirement because your plan is running like the bees pretty much. So I learned a lot um, in that environment, uh, a very tough environment in the year uh, where I work. I call it speed learning you know, like speed dating. So, so this one year I've learned more than any other place I've worked. So if um, any of the listeners are ever given an opportunity to work at, at a chemical plant, I say go for it. Um, you will learn about safety, regulations, schedule shutdown, packaging size, type material, logistics, um, ISO versus truck versus container, and so much more. And you see it. So now in my sales role, all these learnings has actually guide me in my conversation with customer when they give me volumes and ship to locations and package size. In my mind, I'm thinking, how am I going to get it to them at the lowest cost way? So mm -hmm. that has helped them in, in and they like that because uh, most of them doesn't have that supply chain experience. So let me give you one example, say a customer buy one metric ton a week. I said, why don't you buy four metric tons a month? It will save you on all this logistic cost unless you have, don't have the warehouse space, but you should have the warehouse space for four pallets versus one pallet a week. Yeah. So, so they like that. <laughs> right. Right. I think your experience of actually seeing things. So I'm a visual learner myself. So the benefits that I get at sitting in a sourcing capacity, seeing my supplier partners manufacturing operations, what they're making for us that we're buying and, and the scale in which we're ordering it, big or small, mm -hmm. really helpful for me to make these strategic decisions, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I completely agree with you. And I like your honesty with, with you sharing with us about how your your biggest learning experience is with the job that you might not have liked the most, right? And I think that that might speak to these attributes of leaders that we see and that you are not afraid to take on a challenge, right? And you're willing to kind of turn that positive and learn from it and, and put your spin on it and your value add to it uh, and run with it. Because, you know, sitting on the other side, it, you're, you're a true testament to, you know, accept that challenge, take it on and learn from it, right? So I think that's really cool to hear that from you. Yeah. Amelia, sorry, Amelia, do so you have my, any thoughts? My tip, my tip on this one is just be authentic. Mm -hmm. um, people will realize that you're actually really trying to help and they will work with you even in the most challenging times. 
I think that's a good point. I think I need to take that advice a little bit more than I do too. In that, you know, it's okay to ask for help. There are people out there that want to help, right? You don't have to take it all on yourself. So Amelia, any comments there? I, I think that's a really great point, Jenna, that, you know, sometimes the thing that hurts the most is the one that pushes you to grow the most. And I feel like with every new job, um, there's a little bit of growing pains, but thinking back just on my short career, all the times that felt the most painful or overwhelming were the times. And even this last year with all of these supply chain disruptions, they were like what you said, speed learning. You just learn so much and it's so painful in the moment and you hate it in the moment, but then you look back and it was all for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good perspective that we should all maybe be aware of as we navigate, hopefully, out of some of these COVID pandemic pains that we've been managing through for the last two years, right? Mm-hmm. It's a really good point. So, Jenna, you mentioned to us that you've got, you know, 26 or so years within the industry in several roles. Um, Do you feel that your experience in the industry to date has been male dominated? What has your experience been um, for, you know, vouching for women in the industry and how do you advocate, advocate for yourself and other women in the industry? Um, It has been male dominated for sure, but in terms of working, I didn't really notice the difference. I view the males as my colleagues uh, in fact, the men that I work with um, are actually super helpful, very respectful, uh, my best resources, and it, they help me in my career growth. Um, the only time I noticed the difference was uh, at one time I went, I walked into a meeting uh, with a room as large as a, a basketball court and a U-shaped table. And it was all males in suits seated. I walked in and that's when I suddenly realized, hey, I'm the only one, <laughs> only woman walking in. <laughs> so what I did was I just focused on the agenda, communicate in a very assertive way, um, not aggressive, where a lot of people, um, maybe that could be a misconception there. Assertive means like you're respecting both parties, yourself and male. Aggressive means you're trying to make a point across, but in a way that is very disrespectful to the other party, male or female. So, so I think that is one area where uh, I had to learn the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my entire career, I feel like anyone with many years of experience are uh, happy to help. Um, all we need to do is ask. For example, when I started in my engineering career as a young kid, you know, fresh graduate, I actually went up to an, a senior engineer and asked, could I come and ask you for help if I have any questions or issues? And he spent hours, <laughs> practically hours every day explaining stuff to me. And mm-hmm. that has helped me a lot. Um, now that I have gained more experience, I would volunteer myself as a mentor to other women whom I observed in meetings uh, having problem navigating the corporate world. Uh, I do offer my help. So in um, one of the biotech company of all young uh, biotech uh, engineers, 
Um, so I see one of them struggling to hold themselves up in meetings, being talked over. Um, mm -hmm. I actually went up to her and I says, and I'll be happy to help you uh, and be your mentor. So she, she will come to me when she has issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's great. I definitely can speak to situations in which I have gone to my colleagues that have more time and experiences that are diverse, more diverse than mine to date and, you know, say, Hey, here's my situation. What would you do in this situation? Right. And I've learned that, you know, gathering other people's perspectives over time and gathering multiple insights really helps me to feel more confident in how to approach situations too. And to know that there are people like you, Jenna, that are without even asking, offering up the opportunity to say, hey, you know, here's what I know. Here's what I've learned. That's awesome. And I think that we can all learn from that action of, you know, being, being that resource for other people in any instance. And the more people that do that, the, the more confident there are female <laughs> voices in those, those office spaces where, where it's harder to be assertive, not aggressive, assertive, but I think that's a good point. Amelia, do you have any comments? I can just vouch. I've been in meetings with Jenna where like I've fed up with the customer <laughs> and I have to like mute myself, turn my camera off. And Jenna's just like, okay, we'll take your feedback back. Like, so it's been really a good learning lesson to get to witness that and learn from her example and, you know, countless lessons I've learned from Jenna. I actually want to share this story because it was like really a learning lesson for me in my career of just how to make your customers feel seen and appreciated. Um, when I first joined WeGo, we were in the process of um, having Jenna take over an account. And I had had a contact actually over in your neck of the woods, Kylie in Minneapolis at this account, and he had recently retired. So we were just chatting about business and I, he asked if I was calling on the company. I said, no. And he said, Oh, I, I told him Jenna was, um, and he said, Oh, she's my favorite salesperson in the industry. And I was like, Okay. So what kind of fancy steak dinner did she take you to? Like, what does it take to get this high honor? Um, and he said, no, she just always brought me perfectly ripe mangoes. Cause she knew I loved mangoes. Oh. And so I text Jenna and I'm like, where in the twin cities were you finding perfectly ripe mangoes? <laughs> That's a good question. Of winter. And she was like, Oh no, I bring them from San Diego. Oh. <laughs> and it was just like, you know, you don't need to have these over the top lavish experiences to make people feel seen and appreciated. Um, you just need to do the small things and let them know that you're listening to them and that you're thinking mm -hmm. about them. So that was like a really great learning lesson for me professionally that I don't need to go in with an 18 page slide deck and huge steak dinners. I just bring perfectly ripe mangoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good story. That makes me kind of lean on some of the things that I've learned being more virtual during COVID. So I feel like, to be honest, 
and I'll, you know, own up to my responsibility in this. I feel like we've disconnected a little bit on the human side of our jobs um, and really jumped right to the, okay, here's the latest supply situation. Let's tackle this. When can you get me what I need? How are we going to do it? Instead of, you know, hey, how's your family? I saw you were, uh, you were out of office, you know, maybe paternity leave, like congratulations, right? How's life? And there, there are things that I feel I've lost focus on, on the, the humanizing aspect of the fact that we're all people at the end of the day with things other than our jobs on our plates too. And I think that Jenna, it sounds like you've got an open ear to that and an awareness of that, that is to your benefit, even in your, in your sales job, being that best salesperson <laughs> ever, right? Wow, I've never heard that story. Thank you. <laughs> and I know we are talking. <laughs> you remember me texting you? And I was like, where is she sourcing these mangoes from? <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't have ripe, ripe mangoes in Minneapolis, especially, uh, you know, any time of year at all. So <laughs> that's awesome. So Jenna, you shared with us uh, a little bit about what your perception with working with your male counterparts has been in the industry, right? Um, I'd be curious to learn a little bit more about what your perspective is on the industry, um, diversifying or adapting to change over your 26 years. So tell me about your perspective of the evolution of the industry that you've seen in your time. I can start with um, the first time I came to the US to study mechanical engineering. And that was in the 1979. So I was 19 years old, came here. So I'm giving my age away now. So there were only three women in the entire mechanical engineering undergraduate program. And I was the only Asian woman in the entire engineering school. Wow. Um, so most of the time I was the only woman in class. Um, but I didn't feel any different. It could be because I was, uh, Grew up, well, I grew up playing mostly with boys, like fighting kites, playing guns. So I've always been tomboy, always been with boys. I think growing up, actually, I have more difficult time with women than I do with boys because I can relate with them more. Um, um, so, so yeah, I, I didn't feel any uh, different. Um, but from a statistical standpoint, um, Less than 5% of the women graduated with engineering degrees in the 1980s. So if you looked at my time, it was about less than uh, 5%. So I was looking at these statistics yesterday. Um, today is more than 20%. So you're talking about four-fold jump from when I started. So yes, I do see a lot of diversity in the chemical industry. The fact that you two are here, and um, nearly half of the customer I work with are women now. So yeah, that's so funny that, that you change. Yeah, that's funny that you say that. So Amelia, when when women in chemicals first started, she shares with us how so how Amelia and I met. Jenna was she called on 3M as as our account rep, um, and I was one, if not the only female sourcing or purchasing folks that she worked with uh, on her plate at the time, external to WeGo, right? Uh, I'd be curious to know, Amelia, I hope that since we've met, that you've met other female uh, purchasing or, or sourcing contacts in your capacity today. 
Definitely. It, it Even in my short time being in the industry, um, I've seen a lot more women and especially in Fortune 500 companies. Um, actually, last year I was in a meeting with Jenna and it was the first meeting in my entire career that was an all-female meeting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in my working in sales, I've probably had 200 customer meetings and it was the first one um, that it was all female. So that was a really cool experience, but definitely seeing more women, especially in the bigger companies, um, smaller companies definitely still have more work to do. Uh, but I love seeing these diversity initiatives really drive, uh, the amount of women that I'm dealing with on the day to day. It's lovely. Yeah, I would say the same. I would tell you uh, since I've started, probably the most drastic change from a Fortune 500 perspective, large company perspective, are the amount of female leaders in high level leadership positions and how that visibility of females in those positions has you know, incrementally increased since even you know five years ago when I first started my career. So um, it's very cool to see that all three of us are seeing these dynamics change and I hope it continues forward, right? Yeah. Um, so Jenna, as we kind of get to the bottom of the interview process here, we love to open it up to, to you to provide us with any advice uh, that you can share with, with Amelia and myself and the rest of our community. So um, my, our, our question for you is what's one piece of advice that you wish you had been told or knew earlier on in your career that we might be able to uh, take and run with here? There's one piece uh, that I learned um, is that I owned I own my own career path um, and not rely solely on my boss to determine my professional growth. I didn't realize that in early on in my career and I was just letting the flow of things move uh, along with that. Um, so now as I, as I move into my role, I, you kind of know where your weakness are, where you need to improve. And I would um, identify that, uh, what I need to improve. And I ask my boss, I want to be training that. I, I mm-hmm. want this, I want that. So, so you manage your own career path, not somebody else's in your own hands. So you can't blame it on the company or the boss. So uh, that is something that I wish I had knew earlier on, not that my career path is excellent, you know, in, for the most part, I have very good uh, bosses and mentors, but I see a lot of other people who, who just not own it, but just leave somebody else mm-hmm. design that path for them. Um, so, so that would be um, one piece of advice. If I had knew early on, I would have designed it better, but, but I just let it flow. Um, uh, so that's, that's my, I wish what I knew, sorry. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I, I hear you with open ears in that. Um, I think I'm at a point in my career right now where I've had experiences and challenges with the pandemic, but like you said, I'm starting to think about, you know, what do I, what do I do to continue to push myself to learn? Um, and Amelia and myself are both pursuing our MBA right now as we're, you know, part-time while we're in our full-time jobs, but I'm starting to think to myself, you know, when I hopefully graduate in the fall, what's next? What can I, what can I do after that? Um, and how can I decide what's going to be best for my career? Like you said, so I think that that's 
some some terrific advice. And I think that the the folks that want to be challenged and want to continue to learn will do just that because that's got to be what's built in their you know their skill sets and what motivates them to keep going. And it sounds like that's exactly what you've done throughout your career, although you say maybe it, you, you followed the path and it fell into place, but I think it has a lot to do with the skills that you inherently have within you. Um, as I've learned a lot about you here this, this afternoon. So, yeah. So, um, and also your company is your resource too. So let's say after you get MBA, you want to go into business, talk to your boss. Mm -hmm. Um, he would be very supportive. Like, this is what I would, see myself doing in the next few years, I want to expand my role into business. Um, and they would allow you to do that. But just ping early in advance, and they'll start um, going up the HR chain and start. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good point. And I think that that's for large corporations, you definitely have to plant that seed a lot earlier. Yeah, right. Um, right. So that they can plan for it and get those approvals or whatever it might be. Yeah. But We've learned through a couple of these interviews that you don't know if it's a possibility if you're not speaking that to the right folks within your company, right? So I might have in my head this grand plan of working in whatever function, right? But if I haven't spoken that to the folks that are able to approve that and make decisions for me um, to, to be able to do that, then that's on, that's on me. And so, like you said, speaking to what those goals are to the folks that can, you know, help you along that process is very important for sure. <laughs> Thanks. So Jenna, as we wrap up here, I just want to open it up to a little bit of anything. So if you want to share with us any recommendations, mottos, sayings that you live by that keep you going, books you've read, uh, we open it up to you to share that with us. The motto I live by is life is short. <laughs> Move on. Next day, uh, Amelia has heard me say that many times. Um, <laughs> the other thing that is uh, important to me is in life, we deal with people. We're not dealing with machines. So humanity to me is important in all aspects of my life. Uh, just like the mango thing. <laughs> and, and, and I see people like all of us have our own problems. And going through life in a very troubled world is not easy. So why make things more difficult for somebody else, right? Put yourself in their shoes. Um, try to make their job easier. They, sometimes they say no because it's their job to say no. It's nothing against you. Um, so to me, um, I always try to put myself in the other person's shoes, uh, whether in their roles or what they're going through. Um, so for me, I always read up on life in general. Um, the first sentence in um, the book called The Road Less Traveled by Scott Pack uh, was, life is difficult. And the Bible also promises that life is full of trouble. Um, but my absolute favorite author is uh, Andrew Matthew. He's an Australian author of uh, Follow Your Heart. Uh, he portrays life as uh, life is full of problems. If we don't learn from it, it will keep coming back to hit you on the head. <laughs> so there are people who always ask the question, why does this always happen to me? Because those problems surface and they never learn from it. So it keep coming back and coming back. Mm -hmm. So, so that book, uh, his book is very funny. 
I also enjoy his other book called Being Happy as well. So he's very excellent at outlining the basic rules of life. Mm -hmm. uh, I like that it's full of cartoons, like one page is cartoon, one page is a great <laughs> message, and it closes with a takeaway in a nutshell, this is what happened. So highly recommend uh, Follow Your Heart or Being Happy by this author. It has helped me a lot in just navigating uh, through difficult times in career, in life, uh, in general. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. And I appreciate the fact that there are cartoons and key key takeaways that, that make it easy for, for yeah. you to not spend as much brain power on, but still get a lot out right. of. I appreciate he, that. He actually showed a prison cell with three prisons, uh, one, both two of them hanging upside down, the legs being hung on the chain, and one, the hands were, arms were hanging up. And he says, why am I the lucky one? <laughs> something like that so interesting it's an entertaining way it's all about perspective yep that's awesome Amelia do you have any comments before we wrap up here nope I think that was perfect ending thank you Jenna for joining us love getting to have you on here we work together all the time and I never got to hear your story so it's really great to hear that today Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Thanks so much, Jenna. Everybody else listening. Thank you. Goodbye.